Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast. Here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buker. Rick Buker. Welcome to another episode of Buker and Friends, part of the United Wecast Network. I'm Rick Buker. You can see me on FS1. You can read me on Bleacher Report. You can follow me on Twitter at Rick Buker and on Instagram at Rick underscore Buker. And it is my great pleasure, I uh, decided that, you know what, we're kind of facing some challenging <laughs> times and we don't have the NBA, so let's go back and not just go back. Everybody's doing top 10 and the greatest of whatever, and I thought, what's the worst time that I ever saw the NBA? It was, it was, it was the Golden State Warriors <laughs> way before they were a championship caliber team. Pass before we believe, after Chris Webber came through town. And it got me to thinking, and who tells stories well? Uh-oh. And so that, by way, is my introduction to today's guest, Ala Abdel Nabi. And we only, like, ships in the night. It was a very brief time that you were with the Warriors. It was. It was like but, two weeks. Yes. But, but then I started thinking about all the other experiences that you had. Uh, obviously, uh, Ala, veteran NBA player, he now does color for uh, the Philadelphia 76ers TV broadcasts. Ala, it is just, first of all, it's just great to see you. It's great to connect. Always, always has a smile on his face. One of the great storytellers and ambassadors of the game, uh, in spite of being a dookie. <laughs> uh, welcome, welcome to the show, and, uh, and thank you for joining us. Good to be with you, old friend. It's been a long time. Um, and it's funny how we live in a small world, you and I. Um, and you would think you and I would have crossed paths more. But each time we have, they've been memorable. And they've kind of sustained me to the next time we see each other. So it's good to be with you, my friend. Even What do we got, 3,000 miles between us? Yeah, pretty much. New Jersey to, to California. and uh, But that's the way of the world right now, right? And Crazy. so before we before we get in, I just I do want to ask, uh, you know, obviously you'd normally be traveling with the team and doing all of that and you get a full stop. Uh, what is it? What What's this time? What's this p- time period been like for you? Well, surreal in a, in a word. Um, we were in the building for the Pistons game that Wednesday night when things went down when Oklahoma City was playing Utah later on, um, 
I recall, Rick, even before all that madness at OKC, being very pensive going into the building that night because stuff was already going around. Um, You didn't know how serious it was, but you knew it was growing. And, you know, none of us are viral experts, but viruses don't go away by wishing them away. So you knew before it got better, it was going to get worse. So we were in the middle of the game, and – we, we have a routine on our way up to the uh, booth to call the game from our pregame shoot. And, you know, I'm running across 150, 200 people on a regular night on my way to the seat. And we have a joke because up for the last five years, I have a little bottle of Purell that I've always had before all this has gone on because we shake 150 to 200, you know, hands. Right. No offense to any of them. But that's a lot of hands. And then when I'm about to go sit down for two hours, I know my hands are going to be in my face. So I always Purell my hand. My partner, Mark, has gotten to do it now because it's right there. Um, The interesting thing about that night was on my way to the the booth, no one touched me. No one came close to me. Wow. No one even approached it. It wasn't as if, like, you know, if you you were sensitive about it, you'd think, like, what did I, I showered. Like, what's what's (laughs) like? Right, right. You know, right. but you you knew the times you were in, right? So you knew why they were doing that. No offense taken, and it kind of facilitated my trip to my booth. It was a lot quicker, um, a lot less eventful. Um, yeah, I noticed it right away. And then I also that was the team that had Christian Wood on it, who tested positive, right? And he had a heck of a game that night too. If he was sick, he was he played well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also recall him hugging up on a lot of guys because Christian Wood came into the league as a 76er. I called his games. So I just recall seeing Christian and waving from across the court because I wasn't going to walk over to him, not on that night. So you were already conscious of... Just everybody. Yes, okay. Not Christian, but just everybody, you know, because who knows? Yeah. You know, so and I did Go ahead. The night before... I was at the Nets-Lakers game. And that was the first game where the new protocol for media was put into place where you're supposed to stay six to eight feet away. You weren't supposed to be in the locker room. And and yet the building is full. And everybody was kind of getting used to the elbow greeting or like not shaking hands. Well, except Jacques Vaughn, the, who had just been, you know, just replaced Kenny Atkinson as the head coach. He right. comes out. He see we see each other. We've known each other for a while. Like he puts he, he puts his hand out for like a handshake. And so like I am okay, I guess we're doing this, right? And <laughs> and it was just it was it was so weird because I I I was there essentially. I was in LA to do TV and I went to the game just to see what it was like. Right. And, which is- gives you an indication of like I wasn't completely taking it seriously in terms of like this is a weird experiment that I'm that I'm going to participate in, right? right. Like as opposed to there's gonna be twenty thousand people there. No way the hell I'm going there, right? No. And so then after the fact, um I come home and things are being shut down and protocols being put in place, and I'm thinking, I passed by KD, we acknowledged each other we you know didn't dap it up but we acknowledged each other Jacques had to be engaged with all of his guys yeah. uh two Lakers 
tested positive. I walked down the hallway with Markeith Morris, like, uh, you know, after, after the game. Doing your job. And I suddenly thinking, thinking I brought all that home with me. Like, I, you know, after the fact, I'm like, what did I do? Right. That's how interconnected we all are is you affect somebody that you'll never run into yeah. because of the exchanges of fluids and, you know, all the stuff that we're Breathe learning. The same air. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it, yeah, it's just, there's so much, it's so much to think about. Um, no wonder why it, it spreads so, yeah. so quickly yeah. because I mean, I live in, in, in the New Jersey area. It's is one of the most densely populated States in, in the country oh, and we live on top of each other. Right. Um, and so New York is even worse. So no, no, no surprise right. that, you know, I mean, think about one sick person going into the subway during work hours, how many people on his way down and up and then to the office has he interacted with in New York City? Yep. Uh, uh, several thousand. Yep. And then each one of them goes, yep. it, it's, it's just scary. Yep. It's scary. Um, yeah, we're living in crazy times. And to finish my story, after the game is over, Rick, um, my routine is I have a dressing room because I have a little bit of a ride. So I never go to work in a suit. I always go in sweats, bring the suit with, change, and get back in the sweats afterwards. So I'm not immediately bolting. It's about 10, 15 minutes after the game's over and stuff where I'm headed out the door. I'm walking through the newsroom after changing, and my usual routine is, you know, see you guys soon. You know, there's about 50, 60 people in the newsroom. And right before halfway I get across the newsroom, one of the random voices yells out, the, the season's been suspended. And it just kind of, like, it cut me in stride. Like, I just yeah. stopped. Yeah. I stepped. I'm like, and I'm like, what? Like, come on. Yeah. You know, because it's just, again, like all the rest of life afterwards, it seems a little surreal. Right. And we would stop everything. Right. But then on the ride home, and then you get home and you're watching TV and you see the craziness in OKC. And you're like, we can't play. Right. Because basketball, like it's not baseball where you're 90 feet apart on a, you know, only the catcher and the, and the batter really interact unless mm-hmm. you slide into a base. Mm-hmm. But basketball is most intimate. Yep. And if one guy has it, that's it. Yep. You can't, you know, there's no way, again, of avoiding that. Um, it's just surreal times. I just hope everybody comes out of it okay. You and your family and everybody you care for and, Everybody I care for, my yeah. mom, my mom and dad, my dad's 87. Um, my dad's he, 90. See, like, and I call my, I call my parents. I'm a good son. I'd like to think I could speak to each of them every day, regardless of where I am, and what I'm doing. There's always, it's always enough time to talk to your parents. Right. Um, but they're different kind of calls now. Yeah. Yeah. A little more, a little more concern. 100%. And I know my dad, he's a free spirit. He want, he's dying at home right now. Hmm. The First week, I'm talking to him. He's Where like, they, it's, live? they live four miles away. Oh, okay. They live four miles away. And he, you know, it's been four days. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> like, and he's yelling at me, like, right. it's, it's eating him up. Yeah. Um, so I know, like, you know, they shut down the places he goes. There's nowhere for him yep. to go now. Yep. So he's, he's had to deal with it, but he don't like it. And I worry about them more than myself. Yeah. And just a little something to, I haven't told anybody this. I'll tell you. I don't know if I had it or not, the corona, because two days after that game, 
in against Detroit. Yeah. Um, when I came home, my girlfriend was in town, and we were just kind of sitting around. There's nothing to do, nowhere to go. And I woke up Friday um, feeling fine. And then around 1 o'clock, just a, uh, like a wave of heat really? came over me. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm like, being a former athlete, I'm really attentive to my body. Like, you know, there's things I let go. Pain, I know when pain is good pain. And, you right, know, even right. we're at our age, you know your body. Sure. Um, and this was different because I've had allergies because I'm thinking maybe it's allergies. You know, things are starting to bloom outside. Mm -hmm. I live like, in a forested area. So maybe that because that's around the time when this stuff. Um, so I took a, a an Allegra, nothing, hmm. and then I just remember it feeling worse and worse, and I almost again, like I, I'm convinced I'm sick. Yeah, right. I'm telling yeah. my girlfriend, I think I got it. You may want to back away from me right now. I think I got it. And she had come to the arena the night that that Wednesday night with me. Hmm. Um, so I, I and then I went to bed feeling uncomfortable, but then I woke up the next day, Rick, and I was fine. Hmm. And I called one of my best friends growing up as a doctor at Mass General, and he says, who knows what it was, but at the end, when all this is clear, I'm going to get you an antibody test because you might have something that fought it off. Yeah. No, when we give you the test. So I'm curious to see because it was a crazy day. You know, it was like, out of nowhere, just yeah. sweat. And face red, ears red, and you're like, what is going wow. on? Wow. Yeah. And then, like, the next day, so I don't know. I don't want to say anything like yeah. I had, yeah. but I was convinced for at least 18 hours that I had it. But then I woke up the next day, and I'm fine, and I've been fine ever since. So I got wood. Well, that's the other part of it, too. This is, I mean, <laughs> they call it the novel coronavirus. Like, every time anybody has a cough or feels the least bit sick, it's like, oh, do I have it? Do I not have it? I don't right. know if I have it. It's that right. it's the not but, knowing right. in so but many never ways. But I've had that happen to me before. Yeah. Where you just get heated. Yeah. Reason. Yeah. It wasn't hot out. I didn't have the heat on too high. Yeah. It was, you know, and then I'm I'm talking. Um, I was talking. I'm watching TV, and my girlfriend is she comes in out of the room, and I'm just soaked. This is dripping from me, and she's like, she starts grabs like a towel and just starts wow. and. Because, I didn't even notice it because my face felt numb. Wow. So it was weird. Yeah. yeah right. But then the next day, yeah. the next literally, I woke up man. the next day with my eye like, oh man, how's it gonna be today? Yeah. And because you're worried. Sure. Sure. I woke up the next day and, and like, if it was allergies, I would have had the allergies the next day too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, they don't last one day. I'll tell you what, man. Those. Those Abdul Nabi super anti like yeah, I don't know what those it antibodies. Is. Those Allah antibodies. I they don't mess around, man. Hey, hey, I'm we got an issue here. We gotta go take care of it. I'm just gonna <laughs> sound the alarm. Right, they all came out, they beat the they beat the spit out of that freaking coronavirus. And I can they, tell you forget something. waiting until this thing's over. Your buddy needs to get you in now. We need to find out what kind of antibodies you got. Of course, you got to be. I'm really curious, and my buddy's my buddy's gonna hook me up when the you know when this madness clears. They'll send me a little text because I gotta know. Yeah. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah. All right, but, so. But mine is we're good. So. Um, going back, the reason that we wanted to do this, I mean, all fun and games aside, uh, you, you played at an interesting time and, and obviously we first crossed paths with the whole Warriors craziness at the end of your NBA career, but you came into the league with a Blazers team. I mean, you, you crossed a, a there's a you crossed paths with a lot of interesting characters and were a lot of interesting situations. You experienced the width and breadth of the NBA. I feel like in in uh, during your career through I don't know in, through no intention of your own, just <laughs> happened to Forrest Gump your a way through a bunch yeah. of unique situations, right? No question about it. And, and there are times when I felt like um, I was being shortchanged. Because I didn't get to play, and I was in the like the Northwest where you had to stay up until ten thirty for my friends and family to watch. Right. That's that's if I played. Right. And um, yeah, there were a lot of my first year was hard because I felt um, it also felt it, it didn't feel right in that the year before I was making no money and I was running around and would run through a wall for Coach K just because he said so. And now they're paying me a whole lot of money and no one's asking me to do anything. Yeah. Huh. It was it was weird because I don't want to say guilty, just felt like I was getting over. You know, right. and I didn't like that feeling. Huh. You know, it's like yeah, yeah, it was it was weird. But I, at that being said, now that I look back on it, man, we had so many characters on our team. We had dudes who were we had dudes, we had we had the whole spectrum. We had quiet Right. Reserved, and then we had larger than life, literally and figuratively. Right. Um, and then the 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 other good thing about it, Rick, was we won. So the league and the world attention came too. Right. I would run into people like yourself and your colleagues when normally, if we were just a mediocre team from the Northwest, no one would pay us any mind. Right. So you notice the attention because we were so good. So for, for people who um, don't have Allah's uh, career memorized, we're talking about the uh, the Portland Trailblazers who um, were just coming off of going to the finals and losing to the Detroit Pistons in five games, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Kevin Duckworth being the center, who I'm, I would imagine positionally you probably got to know really well. And this right. is this is actually where I wanted to start, which is when you think about your career, who are the guys that you were just excited to show up and work with on a daily basis or get on the plane or whatever it was, the guys that you played with where you were just like, you know what? I mean, whatever I'm going through, this dude, this it's going to be a good day because I'm going to be around this crazy person who's just going to make life better. Well, okay. I, I don't have a short answer because that's the whole league for me. I'm <laughs> such a fan, you know, but I remember a certain day 
um, before my rookie year even started, before camp started, I just flew in. And, you know, you as a rookie, the only rookie on the team, um, you got to find a place. You got to get, like, you know, a bed. You got to go. You got to get everything. You got to settle in and acclimate into life in Portland. Yeah. So my first couple of days were spent doing that, maybe about five or six days. And then I finally, um, I get a phone line and in my apartment. And I, like nobody even has the number yet. I just got it. Right. But somehow I get a call from Danny Ainge. And he says, we're coming down to the University of Portland tomorrow night and we're going to start playing some pickup. You're, you know, the guys are going to be there. You know, you're more than welcome to come. I'm like, oh, my. All right. So off the top, I get a call from Danny Ainge. I'm even more mystified. How did you get the number? Right. Right. Like, who did you like? I gave the number to maybe like three people. Two of them were my folks. Like, how right. do you? Have it? Right. So that's the first thing. And then I remember walking in like, you got to remember, all this is new. I've never been to the University of Portland. I don't know where I'm going. So I inevitably walk in and get lost. Right. I find a janitor. He directs me to the court. Now I can start hearing the balls bouncing and I'm heading in the right direction. As I walk in, I open up the door. The first person I see is Buck Williams. And I closed the door back up and just stand the <laughs> I mean, I literally cracked it open like five or six inches. There he was. Now you gotta remember context for me. I grew up in Jersey. Yeah. He was in Ed my whole childhood. Yes. And he was a legend in yes. New Jersey. And and, and and an imposing figure. That's the other like, thing. He's the he's uh, the most man. Yeah. Of anybody I've ever met, played against, or anything. And I've met bigger dudes, but there was no uh there was no softness in Buck. Nope. There's no let up in Buck. You know, his name is Charles Linwood, but he was named Buck for a reason. In the South, it's usually given to the strongest person in town. Yep. That's Buck. So, real quick, my yeah. my Buck Williams story, when I was just starting out as a beat writer, I came in to the Blazers locker room and I forget what story I was working on, but I went over and I asked Buck, you know, this was before everybody used to stop, started hiding out before, before the Kevin Garnett, I don't talk before games and, and nobody's in the locker room except like the 11th and 12th guy. Uh, I went over and sat down and asked Buck, you know, if I could talk to him and he looks at me and he goes, goes, yeah, I, I've asked around. You're cool. And it was like, and it was, but it was very, it was a revelation for me. Players talk. Players know if you're like on the up and up or whether you're a guy that they're not going to trust. And that, and I want to say it was you. I, I have to connect these two. I walked into the gym. I swear it was you. And I know I'm afraid that I'm confusing you with Felton Spencer, but I'm really, I think it was you. All right, go ahead. I walked in and I had just bought like I'd first I my first somewhat purchase is your watch. Yes. Yes. It was your I Fendi bought a used watch. Fendi. <laughs> and like and that tells you where I was on the economic scale. It was a used <laughs> Fendi, right? Like I got it in Nordstrom or someplace. I don't even know why they were selling used watches, but they but but it was like I was like, okay, I know that's somewhat fashionable. And it's used, and I can afford it. And I bought it, and I walked. Like, dude, now for for those that are listening, like I walk in, I walk onto the court. We're at least thirty feet away, and you go, "Oh, Fendi," and you gave me like the nod, like, 
And I was like, oh, damn. They pay attention to everything. And then I'm looking over at one of my colleagues, and he's wearing he's wearing black shoes and a brown belt. And I go, dude, you already lost. You already lost. I am, I am killing you right now because I'm wearing a Fendi, and you're wearing a belt and shoes that don't match. Uh, that's great. You can't correct, man. Am I right? Am I right? It was you. It was me. Unbelievable. <laughs> I remember, man. You were styling back then. Man. Well, here's, I was. Here's, I was not styling. I was here's trying. The here's the thing. Your beat is an unfair beat because yeah. you're around. You know all these dudes where, yeah. like, you know, stuff falls out of their pocket that normal people make in a year. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's an unfair beat for you, man. But uh, yeah, I remember the watch. C Webb, Chris Weber. I once upon when he was a rookie and he we connected for some reason the whole thing was going down with Nelly he was very open to me and so and I'd never done this before but I wanted to I wanted to thank him in some way so I drove out to Blackhawk where he was living one of the most you know exclusive neighborhoods sure. in the Bay Area and um and there's like there's a a real high-end mall nearby, right? And so I stopped by there. And again, like I have no money. So what can I buy? Like, what can I buy in these, you know, these high-end boutique stores? There was a money clip. It was like a magnetic money clip with like a little gator leather cover or whatever. So I thought, (laughs) you know what? I can, I can afford this and it'd be a token, right? So... (laughs) I get there and I give it to him. <laughs> I'll never forget. He he goes into his pocket and he pulls out a wad that's like the size of a freaking grapefruit and he takes the clip. <laughs> and it's like trying to put a grapefruit in a paper clip, right? All of an elastic and band. I, and I just I go, I go, you can give it to somebody. It's all right. <laughs> But that, I mean, it's one of the reasons why I wanted, I really wanted to, to, to have you on to talk about your initial experiences in the league. Cause that was such a formative time for me. Everything. When did you start? When did you start? What's that? When did you start covering the league professionally? Uh, 92, 93. All right. Okay. So you, were you, did you do our finals against the bulls or did you come in right after that? No, I did your finals. Okay. When he does this. Oh uh, no no no! I take that back. I did not. It was it was the Bulls Suns. Right, ninety three was my first real full time. Got it. Got um. It. Yeah. Got so. Yeah. It would. But but, you know. I look. There's a lot of things that the league has changed, and I I I dear. I miss those times. I'm glad that I I was I came in when I did. Right. Because you could develop. You could cultivate these relationships in a way that now it, you know, the access and the opportunity is. I was going to ask you, is it, is it just because of the access uh, or is it because people have changed in that? Do you think you can still have relationships with guys? Like for instance, do you think there are people in the league that you'll speak to like you and I speak 25 years later? Is it the same number? I'm sure there's still people. But is it to the same extent? Can you have those broad relationships that you used to have? You can, 
you can, but it takes a lot more work and, and opportunity because the, the opportunities to get to know each other are, are fewer and farther between. But I, you know, like there have been guys sent like Derek Rose, like, I got an opportunity to really get to know him and have conversations about where we come from and, and all of that. And so I think there's still the opportunity to build a human connection. Um, you know, I did, and I think you did this too. Like I, I did radio for a while, largely because I, I, I wanted to stop. I wanted to reduce my travel and, um, and see my kids grow up and be a dad. Sure. And, um, and I just, I thought I'm, I'm gone sometimes like six, seven weeks. I might come home and change out the, the suitcase and head out again. And, and I didn't want to miss seeing my kids grow up and I didn't want them. Like, I didn't want them to like go to high school or they're going to college. And it's like, what happened? But as a result, like when you're doing radio, you are more stationary, but you're not seeing people as much unless they come come by you you don't you don't see them exactly and you're probably doing more by phone and remotely and all that so uh it's just been the last two years where i stopped doing a regular radio show that i now have the opportunity to get out there and i'm forging those relationships again and it actually it makes me appreciate what i had and it makes me understand how those relationships are built so That's been welcome, my welcome back. Thank you, thank you. It's good to be back. Yeah, man. Um, Same without you on with us. So, uh, Portland, the characters, the guys that like, and especially as a rookie, like, and with with a veteran team that had just gone to the finals. Like, how did you how did you navigate that? Well, it, it, they were an accomplished team, and I remember my agent like some of the best advice he gave me was, "They're not going to wait for you." And who was your agent? Uh, Herb Rudoy at the time okay. from Chicago. A Duke guy, by the way. Yep. Um, and I just remember th- like asking him, like, and he's like, do you, do you see what they did last year? Like, they're this far away. Like, you can't get in the way of that. And, <laughs> and, and I just remember thinking, like, wait, wait, wait. There is no, like, no plan for me to, like, be kind of, like, right. fe- You mean I can't be the missing piece? Like, I got I to... Gotta, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta, no. I, I gotta try not to screw it up. <laughs> so, so I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Yes, basically, that's it. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't kill us, right? <laughs> I remember my, it was my rookie year. We're in camp still. We haven't even come to Portland. We're in Eugene, and we're staying in the dorms. And I remember, like, I, I remember two things. I remember how we only had one practice a day, <laughs> which blew my mind. Because right. I'm thinking, like, NBA camp, it's got to be hard, man. Like, you better come in shape. And after the first practice, we all huddled up, and they're like, 9.30 tomorrow morning. And I remember, like, everybody walking away going, where is everybody going? But it was because of the team. You weren't going to get Clyde and Buck and right. those guys to go twice. you know. But you could also count on them to come in shape and be ready to go. You didn't need – to have tests and barometers for them. You knew they were ready to go. Hmm. Um, and then the, at the end of like the maybe four or five days of camp, we had a inner squad scrimmage, like a black and red scrimmage. And I'm going up against Buck because I'm the, I'm the, yeah, I'm the second string. He's the first string. And I have 29 points and 14 rebounds. I, Rick, I lit him up. 
Wow. I had I had them so frustrated. I had to end one on the break. I just remember because of the reactions of the other guys. And I got to end one off of like a quick kick ahead. Um, and I think Clyde may have fouled me. But I got the layup to go in. And the ref called the foul. And then Terry Porter goes over, who I'm still great friends with to this day. Terry Porter goes over to him. And we won't use the expletives. But he just said, he's a effing rookie. You know, because like, he shouldn't be getting these calls. Right, right. And I remember going home, back to the dorm. This was before cell phones. And I had to use a landline. And I called my agent. And I told him, like, the good news, like, dude, this is better than expected. Like, this is going to work out. Like, yeah. Part of it was I needed confirmation that I could, be I belong. Right. You know, you're always looking for that. And the first couple of days, you don't know, like, this could go either way still. So that was great for my mental part, most importantly. But then when I called him and he said to me, don't worry about any of that. It doesn't matter at all. And I just remember thinking, like, what do you mean it doesn't matter at all? And then he, that's all he left it at that. He goes, you're not in their plans, in their immediate plans, he said to me. You have to keep remembering that. Hmm. So then the next day I wake up and I'm looking at the Oregonian. There isn't a mention in it at all about the 29 and 14. And I remember thinking like, wow, man, this is some like big brother stifling news yeah. kind of. Yeah. You can't let this be out that the rookie had 29. Not that it would have changed anything, right. but some people might have question things sure i was sure. <laughs> sure. like like how do you have like because for me it was like I, I remembered like buck was buck was frustrated and that was like a big deal to me like yeah. man this dude is my idol and i'm like kind of giving it to him right now yeah. and it was just a, it was foreshadowing of the rest of the season to come no matter what Allah did they had a plan already yeah. and i can respect that i just wish somebody would have told me about a little yeah, bit yeah, about yeah, yeah. It. Yeah, yeah, you know what? It, it, I often say that, like people, people ask me like they want to do my job, right? They want to, they want to, like, how did you, how did you get to where you are, and how do I, do, I, I want to, I want to work in sports and everything, and I'm like, and and then they tell me, and and, and the real reason is because I love sports. I go, well, first thing that like that goes away, like <laughs> the the thing you think sports is, and I dare is, say. <laughs> on the other side it's 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 it like now it's a business now it's it is every it's nothing that attracted you to it in the first place so what else Dude. do you got right absolutely absolutely but the only the only thing you got is you're good at it now by the time you get to this point where you've learned to kind of not, not dislike it but at times resent what you're doing yeah. i'll give you an example when i'm doing when i worked for cbs and i would do college uh games you know, we didn't cover West Coast games. And when you get like a double overtime Stanford game, you're sitting there going, I could care less who wins right now. Just <laughs> finish. You know, and I'm reminded of what uh, Vince Scully used to say. He would, he would say uh, time of game. Like it didn't matter who won or lost. All right. that mattered at the end of the stat sheet was duration of game. Like right. let's get out of here. Right. Because as much fun as it is, and we do have a great job. Look at – the living and the life it's afforded us. Sure. Um, and there's still a huge part of me that is a fan that luckily pops his head up when it gets tough and when it gets ugly. You know, when I'm on the road for nine days and I miss everybody and everything. Hmm. I also hmm. remember, hey, tonight I want to go watch the Lakers right. and LeBron up close. As your job. 
as my job, you yeah. know, like even on my Twitter thing, it says I get paid to no, I, I get uh, what is it? I see things and get paid for a living. You know what I mean? No, I get I see things and I get paid to talk about it. Yep. Like yep. Barkley used to say, we got paid to play. Now we get paid to watch. Yep. You know, like yep. in the grand scheme of things, man, they were pretty lucky people. That does it for part one of my conversation with NBA vet and Sixers TV broadcaster Ala Abdonabi. Hope you enjoyed it. We will release part two in the next couple of days. Uh, trust me, it's as good as part one. Rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like us to do something for you other than providing this terrific content, uh, screenshot that review and send it to at Buker Friends and you will be eligible to win prizes. That's right. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we will all get through this together. And until then, as always, thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.